Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Fire up for pro football. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad. Wouldn't kill you. We play some competitive sports once in a while, wouldn't it? Oh, would that make you love me? Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Well, that was a somewhat depressing way to start Sunday morning, but let's. Uh, let's I like go the ahead music, and, though. Like, I mean, I, I know. Uh, I'm talking. I'm not talking about what we were talking about. Not the. Oh open. yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. That's that's for sure. Depressing. Yes. So we were just talking about OJ Simpson off the air, and we actually might get to him for a little, maybe a little. Just a couple seconds. It was you know. When we're talking about the Andrew Luck stuff coming up on the show today, and how about that is some big breaking news. Man, that's breaking heartbreaking news is what it is for a lot of folks. Yeah, we're going to. We're going to get to that, and we're going to spend a good amount of time on that. We've got some audio from Andrew Luck we're going to play. we got to talk about the people on Twitter who are hot takers right now and, and making really, in my opinion, stupid takes. Um, we got to talk about that completely. So I'm not going to start here because we got to you know get into the show and kind of get into the flow of things. That will be coming up next segment until that topic ends. It is the biggest story in football today, this week, frankly, this month. And, and football started yesterday. College football started yesterday so uh text in the better you today text line at 55305 to interact with us throughout the show i'm at mike lynch 27 on twitter rashad is at taylormade 503 jesse's at jesse osmond a-s-z-m-a-n all on twitter that's where you can interact with us and find us um let's just talk oj quickly because it's on the top of my mind right now to be honest with you okay. uh we also are going to do fantasy football by the way later today in the show it's uh our first football sunday as Woo. that open just played Woo. Felt and good hearing that music. Nostalgic it almost. It did, because guess what starts this coming weekend? The actual college football season. Not two games on week zero. But we will talk about those two games from week zero because one of them is important for Beaver fans, and I'm not sure they quite liked what they saw. So we'll get to that as well. Fantasy football. Fantasy scramble is going to come up at 945, the usual time that we do that. We're just going to talk a little draft strategy for those of you who still haven't drafted yet. My main draft is tomorrow, uh, so that'll be very, very interesting. And uh, we'll give you a little tips in that. And then we'll just talk Andrew Luck and other NFL and college football stuff as it comes. But quickly starting with OJ. So you said that you were reminded of something because of OJ Simpson on Twitter yesterday. Yes. So as I'm scrolling through, looking at, you know, some of the bummer Andrew Luck news, um, I see, man, OJ reacts to Andrew Luck. And I'm like, what the hell could OJ Simpson have a reaction about Andrew Luck for? Like, what's that about? So, of course... I pressed play, and he was like, oh, Andrew, you know, what'd I do to you? And talked about the fact that he drafted Andrew Luck uh, about an hour before. And then I was like, oh, S, I drafted Andrew Luck, too, in my draft. So I haven't changed anything yet. I haven't, you know, done anything just because, I mean, still kind of reacting to to the news. But I was I have, just I have I'm, Dwayne Haskins, too, so I'm not, like, super sad. I mean, that I, that I got to release him. That I have to release him. I could be okay, though. I just, uh, I'm sad that you got that news from OJ Simpson. That's, that's I mean, yeah, that's, that's what, no, as far as remembering about my fantasy, like that's when I, that's what I, the, the news I was like, oh. And that's I just what I wanted that. to get to quickly before we rolled into all the other stuff is, so you talked about that you got that from OJ Simpson, right? And mm-hmm. I, I did, I think, see a headline about that. I don't remember where it was. It might have just been on Twitter yesterday. I was out and about, so I wasn't really on the computer or the phone really looking up sports stuff. And, I saw the Andrew Luck retiring news, and then I saw OJ reacts to the Andrew Luck retiring news. And I'm like, why are we giving this guy all of this attention? It's OJ Simpson. He got away with murder, and we're giving him all this attention. It's it's one of those things where I get that he's kind of charismatic on these videos, and he's kind of goofy and funny. And, I mean, hell, I know Primetime is guilty of it. Rob asked me to get his videos sometimes because they're funny. But... I feel like you're giving this guy a chance to be normal again where you really shouldn't. No, I mean, 
so I'm with, uh, I think, a majority of the people that, you know, kind of feel like he, it's, it's, it's hard to say that he didn't commit that crime. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I just, after, after everything that we kind of know or that we, that's been put out there, you know, it's kind of hard to say that, that he didn't. Right. However, I know a lot of people, both black and white, that feel like, I don't know if he did it. And I don't know if, you know, the, they really proved anything in court. You know, so I think there's a lot of people, which is why I think OJ got like a million followers almost immediately, which I thought was so strange. But there's still a lot of people that believe in the juice. And uh, again, you mentioned his, his I Twitter. Just, I don't understand. You, But you mentioned his Twitter. And the one thing about OJ is he's always been super charismatic. And he's always been... You know, that funny guy. I, t I said a couple weeks ago, and I don't know if you were here, but I was watching, uh, just flipping through channels, and The Naked Gun 2 and a half was on. And I love Leslie Nielsen, and I love those movies. So I'm watching it, and I'm watching OJ, and for a second I for forgot that, man. And then I was like, and then I don't feel bad about watching the movie. I was like, I should should I watch this, and should I even laugh? It's the same Is it thing weird that like they even put it on TV right now? It's the same thing with listening to Michael Jackson's music right now or watching a Bill Cosby stand-up, right? Any of those guys who used to be, although I think O.J. Simpson's even worse than those two because we've known for so long, <laughs> whereas Bill Cosby is, what, last 10 years or so? And, I mean, I guess Michael Jackson people kind of had the idea that he was doing bad things to children, but uh, it, it didn't really ever come out officially. But I just, it's all in that same boat, right? No, yeah, it's and like you have this, tr you have this problem because you have someone that you used to like, and for a lot of people who probably don't know for sure that he's guilty. They loved O.J. Simpson probably growing up, right? But it's okay to separate and be like, yeah, he's not a good person anymore or no, hasn't been for it, his it, whole and, life. And I think there's a lot of people that are on different sides of of that argument, you know. But, well, I think the majority kind of feel like, yeah, he's he was guilty. There's a whole lot of people that were like, man, they didn't prove anything to me in court. So it's weird. So O.J. kind of straddles that line. And what he did go to jail for had – nothing to do with you it was know like stealing merchandise yeah, still, and, and, I, and i think it was all his you know that he that he ended yeah. up stealing back so yeah. it's a he's a weird guy i think oj is cte you know straight up and down like we'll end up seeing you know when when it when it's all said and done but you know somebody just texted in here on the better you today text line uh, uh counterpoint ray lewis murdered someone he got away with it um i mean got away with it more he got away with it more i mean and when you the, you know, Ray Lewis turned turned to Jesus. Though, the difference, though, is that Ray Lewis doesn't have like nine million documentaries about that case, and with all of the details directly pointing to him. Right now, you say I, I don't know a lot about that case. I just know that everyone thinks that he might have done it. I mean, OJ is just like, hey, but, <laughs> hello. But you know why? Because immediately Ray Lewis became the preacher, mm. almost immediately. And then when you when you take that narrative. And you go the the you know the religious route a lot of times, people will end up forgiving. Great story, or not a great story, but story. A story. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a great example. I, I I suppose I have a friend friend of mine who was living here in Portland. I I just moved to Las Vegas. I'd been there for a while. Had a friend of mine that uh, his name is Shmoje Shmimson. Yeah, we won't we won't say his name. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? But uh, he was here in town doing dirt. You know, like some you know selling some of this and that. You know what I'm saying? And then. Uh, he got in trouble for some stuff, and then they said that he might have talked too much when he was when he was here, and he snitched on some people and everything. So, you know, he first he called me and was like, "Hey, man, I need some place to come in Vegas." He'd already been in jail; people were already been looking for him. I was like, "Bro, I can't, nah, I can't let you come out here with me, man." Like, I mean, especially in Vegas, which is a faster smart city. decision. Like, I'm sorry, man, you're my guy, but that's I got I got people down here that I stay with, man. I can't do that. Um, he ends up becoming a preacher, right? He marries the pastor's daughter. He does all type of stuff. And then all of a sudden, man, I can't kill a preacher. You know what I'm saying? I can't mess with, you know, I can't go out there and do stuff to him. It changed the, the entire narrative about everything that he did prior to that for the most part. For, for a lot of people, it completely changed that. I think that's kind of what happened with Ray Lewis. And you just kind of forget that because he became the, you know, the the, the motivational speaker. He became the, the deacon in the church. He became like this pillar of the NFL and OJ went the opposite route. And OJ made a book called If I Did It, This Is How It Happened. Like, what? Like, I mean, it was just some craziness that happened after that. So I think with Ray Lewis, it was much different because he went a whole different route. But OJ just got weirder and weirder and weirder as time progressed. Basically, it all comes down to don't get your news from OJ Simpson. Please. Don't, don't. 
don't give him a follow. Don't give him a, the extra light of day that he that he doesn't deserve. So I just thought he was like maybe commenting on why you're retiring, or it was it was soft to him. I I didn't realize it was about fantasy. He's, was, he's a fantasy football yeah, guy. And for then some I reason. saw and who's in the league with OJ Simpson? That's what I want to know. I want to know who's in OJ's league. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> Who are those guys, and what are those names of, of those teams? He did say he golfs with some friends, so I guess probably those guys. I don't know. Yeah, a tribute to Nordberg. Man, listen, the Naked Gun, he was phenomenal in that movie, and I was watching cracking up at points, but I'm like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be laughing at this guy right now. I feel man. bad, this is, but this is I feel, funny, but I, I feel no, bad. For real, I felt so bad by watching this and like, man, I, this is this is not cool right now. All right, let's get into the actual Andrew Luck stuff and, and move on from the O.J. Simpson okay. part of this Last story. time. Yeah, no more O.J. Simpson today, unless we just crack a joke for some. Unless reason. we're talking about USC football, or even, even then, maybe, maybe not. Although they don't let Reggie Bush be talked about either, so yeah, who knows no. what they're doing, right? Coming up next, Andrew Luck shocking the sports world yesterday and announcing his retirement at the age of twenty-nine. We do have a clip we want to play of his, and uh, we will dive into all of the various angles of the story, and there are many. We will get to that next here on Football Sunday. Feels good to say that on 1080 The Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. I saw this news yesterday at about, what was it, maybe 6 or 6.15 at night. I saw this come across my phone last night. Andrew Luck announcing his retirement. And my first thought was, what? Is this a joke? And then I looked on Twitter because it said Schefter. And I was like, He's, what? Andrew Luck's 29 years old. What are you talking about? Retired. And I was looking through Twitter and I was reading through it and I saw all the news and I kind of sat there for a second in absolute utter disbelief. Andrew Luck is and has been one of my favorite quarterbacks since he came into the league. I very much enjoy watching him play. He runs a, a very fun offense. He's at least appearingly very passionate on the field when he plays. And I just sat there and went, the Colts were actually a favorite in the AFC among Vegas betters to to make it to the AFC title game and maybe even the Super Bowl and were built with what we were hoping would be a healthy Andrew Luck to be a really good winning team in the AFC South and you're two weeks away from the season and you call it quits. I was just like that. It felt fake when I saw the news. I didn't believe it. So I was napping. Yesterday was a super long day for me, so I took a nap at around 6 you know, and then woke up at like maybe it was eight fifteen, and I look at my, you know, I'm getting a bunch of text messages and like, bro, did you hear about Andrew Luck? And I'm like, man, what happened to Andrew Luck? So first I'm thinking something really bad happened to him, and I'm looking through Twitter and everything, and sure enough, Andrew Luck retires, and like everybody else, I'm shocked. I, I just, I, cause, man, 29 years old, you know, he's turning 30 sometime within the next few weeks, but this is a guy that's considered a, you know a top five, you know, top seven quarterback in the NFL. You know, this is somebody that's been nothing but com competitive and with really when he's on the field, man, he's effective in, in, in more ways than one. And so it was really sad to, to see that. It was super unexpected. Like, I think the last time I was looking at a, a retirement like that that just kind of happened out of nowhere, M Megatron? When Calvin, when, when, when Calvin Johnson was yeah. like, you know what, man, yeah. I'm, I think I'm done. I don't want to play anymore. And that was like, Word? Like, well, what do you mean you're retiring? So this was super, super surprising because you just don't see it from the quarterback position as much. Like, you know, most NFL careers are, what, three years? I think somewhere around there, Jesse? Like, yeah, two to three years and some change, maybe? About three and a half to three. Yeah. And, you so know, quarterbacks, you know, are the exception because if you're good enough, like, you can make a whole career out of it. And you can be on the bench as a backup until you're – 37 years old, you know, 38 years old. So you don't see a lot of quarterbacks retire early. Right. Typically, we've been seeing a lot of defensive players, a lot of guys that take a lot of big hits, offensive linemen, receivers that have been like, yeah, I'm good. So this too was, many concussions, and they want yeah, to just be but, safe about it. But yeah. this was – this was it wasn't weird for me just considering I think we on, on the show and, you know, really on the fan or any sports, you know, radio station or outlet, man, we know what Andrew Luck has been through. Like, we understand, like, the, the, fact, the fact that he's been hurt 
a whole, whole lot in his, what, six, seven-year career. Well, remember, the, the biggest injury he suffered was uh, one to his throwing shoulder, and he went, it took him almost two full seasons to get that recovered. Mm-hmm. He went to Europe and got, like, unique treatments. He had plasma injections. He had all sorts of stuff that he was trying to do to get better, and he comes back onto the field last year, and everyone's really nervous about whether or not he's going to play well, and he played great last year. He was awesome. He was second in the league in touchdown passes. But when he got hurt this offseason off or preseason, and the second the Colts started changing their tune on the injury, at first it was a lower leg injury. Then it was a calf injury. Then it was an ankle injury. Then some people were concerned it was a torn Achilles. And you're sitting there going, why do they keep changing their mind on what this injury is? I, I got to think it's something worse. I got to think it's way more serious than that. And I don't know if we'll actually ever know. I mean, hopefully we do, but... I think Andrew Luck announcing his retirement yesterday proves to me that it was worse than what they were letting on. No, it wasn't just a calf strain. It wasn't just a high ankle sprain. It was worse. I don't mean for him for him to say, and we'll play audio for him next segment when we get into the fan reaction and and the media reaction to this for, for him to come out and say that he didn't want to go through the entire rehab process again. And when he's saying that he means his year and a half, two year process with the shoulder he's got something really serious going on that he doesn't want to deal with. Well, I mean, I think it's more than just the shoulder. I think the shoulder was the one that kept him out, again, for the longest time because as a, as a quarterback, it's pretty important to have a functioning shoulder to be able to throw the ball. I think for Andrew Luck, it was the – You think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, see, that's it's pretty important. But for Luck, it was more than that. It was, you know, torn cartilage in two ribs through his career, you know, since he's been there. It was a uh, partially torn abdomen. We forgot about that part, right? That he played lacerated a kidney. Lacerated that he kidney. suffered against the you know, Broncos. It, yeah, it, it, and he was peeing blood. You know, at that point, you know, just the we, the tons of concussions that he's had. You know, through this time. Now the the crazy calf issue. Like, if I'm Andrew Luck, it's like I just want to play football, and this is stopping me from playing football. And I can imagine, like, you can go through going through injuries for a lot of guys. We see them come back, and they're not the same. Right. They come back and they're a step slower. They're a little nervous about planting on that knee or taking that big hit on that shoulder just because they're not sure how their body's going to react. So imagine having to do that multiple times in your career as the quarterback, as the leader, as the face of the franchise and having to go through this process every few months, go through, play 11, 12 weeks or whatever, the full season. Now I'm hurt, and I have to rehab that again. They say it's going to be seven months to rehab, so I'm probably going to miss preseason. Like, that's a lot on your brain. So that's just one or two injuries. This guy has had multiple injuries, so I can imagine him being like, you know what, man, I'm going through the motions every day, and it's not helping me. I'm probably going back. We know Andrew Luck is the nicest guy in football, quite possibly. It appears so. The yeah. nicest guy in football. And we don't know, you know, behind the scenes what kind of toll this is taking on his family, what kind of toll this is taking on him, what kind of toll this is taking on his on his mental health. And so for some of these tweets, and we'll get to the tweet, uh, tweets and stuff later, but for some of these guys on Twitter to say that he's not, he's a quitter or he's not a winner or whatever the case is because he wants to, you know, take care of his mental health, like, I mean, I, I don't see what the problem is, you know, with that. I understand the disappointment and I understand the shock, but, man, here's a dude that's done nothing but compete for your franchise and compete for the NFL, man. I think he deserves the right to be able to say, man, you know, my body just can't do this anymore. Here, here's the thing about Andrew Luck, right? And I think we all knew this at some point. And I think that certain players who go to certain schools and have different kinds of experiences with football are apt to make different decisions. Andrew Luck went to Stanford, right? And he has an architectural engineering degree. A legit degree. If you play for Stanford, you have to take a legitimate major. And guess what? Stanford is one of the hardest universities in the country. So he's a very smart person. Not a lot of arts degrees coming from Stanford. He's made a lot of money already. And he's got a killer degree from one of the best universities in the country. So if he, before he made this decision, you know, if you think about it, if he decides to retire, he's got so much to fall back on, right? A lot of football players who retire... You know, they they kind of did the generic car wash university major just to get through to play football, right? You know, every school has their different ones. Sometimes it's just like generic communications or sometimes it's something else like sports medicine, whatever the, that a lot of the athletes do. Andrew Luck didn't have that. He took a real major. So him retiring is not some sort of like death knell on his career. It's he has a future. He can, yes. make, a, he can make different decisions and... 
I don't blame him for going ahead and making that decision. You know, sports is really the only thing that we, you know, we put these restrictions on guys for their career, for whatever. We see it all the time with Dane. Just play basketball. Why are you trying to rap? Don't do anything outside of your of the norm. Well, for Andrew Luck, it's just, man, go out there and play quarterback. But for him, again, architectural engineering degree from Stanford. I can do a lot of other things besides play football. And now he's financially put himself in a position to where, Man, he doesn't have to. You know, I think that's the dream for most of us, to be at a spot either in radio or in business or whatever the case is to where, you know what, I'm good. I've made X amount of millions in my career. I'm going to go spend the rest of this time with my family and pursue business right. or do whatever the case well, that, is. That's kind of my point, though. Yeah, no, that... and I think that's just sports is the only time that we tell that that we're upset when guys go and pursue these other things. You or know, outside or of we're upset when they're tired of playing the sport and decide to quit right? Or retire. I mean, whatever you want to say, because the way I look at it is a lot of players probably feel the pressure that if they retire when they want to retire, then they're not going to have anywhere to go. Right. And they're going to be ripped for it. And Andrew Luck's saying, I have plenty of things I can do. I don't need to play this game. And I've already made a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to deal with this anymore. And that's a good decision. It is. We're not used to seeing this because most athletes like if they have another avenue, it's you are a really good player, you're going to go into broadcasting. That's there's, usually that's usually what's next. There's not a lot of people that go on and they get to be an architect um, when they're done and then at the same point kind of have be able to do it on their terms. One of the, the great things about this story, too, is that the Colts are obviously understanding of this. They're not asking for any of the money back. Which they can, they could get a lot of money back 12, from Andrew Luck, but they're going to let him keep all of it. I think it's fifty-one point eight was was total left that he was yes. about that he's giving up. I should say. And I said it says uh, I'm reading an article on ESPN that says Luck could have owed the Colts twelve point eight million, which the Colts have told him. Yeah, yeah keep, it. keep it, keep it, keep it. You did enough for us. You got us to an AFC Championship game. You you were a warrior, and and it's just it's sad, honestly, that more. Players can't choose to do this. No. But in reality, for most players, the best way for them to make a life for themselves past football is to squeeze every cent out of the NFL that they can because it's such a short career. It It's awkward for us to see this. But in all, in all honestly, it, I wish we could see this more because then you would see more players when they're done with their career walking around as opposed to rolling around in a wheelchair right and that's that's i think going to be the thing andrew luck might actually always have to deal with these injuries right he's had a lot of serious ones and that that might not be the case for him but look we've seen so many players i I forget the name of the the linebacker on the niners i was just thinking about him it was a year or two ago and he was in his like second or third year he was really good and he decided to retire Uh, apologies for forgetting his name off the top of my head but when he retired i think a lot of people were like what why are you giving up the career? And in and, and the back of my head, I'm like, good for you. You made a decision that you thought was best for you. You saw the injuries already cropping up in your second year, and you said, I don't want to be a zombie later in my career from CTE or the inability to, to move my body correctly. And that's another player who was a player that it was well known he didn't need the money of the NFL and was able to make a decision based on the fact that he didn't need that money. Chris Borland. Yep. Chris Bor- but also, we remember this. Remember when Patrick Willis decided, you know what? I'm good. Patrick Willis, I think he retired in, what, 2015? Drafted in 2007. So, you know, seven-year career. One oh, of yeah, the they best- retired the same year, Borland and yeah. Willis, so the Niners had no no linebackers. You know, one of, the, one of the best linebackers in football. You know, at that point, a top-five linebacker in football. That was like, you know what, man? I'm good. I've played enough. I've made enough money. Like, we, we're under this assumption that everybody wants to play for a championship, and they're going to stick around for 20 years until they win a championship. There are some of these guys. You play for Cleveland. You play for the Browns for, for most of your career. You know you're not winning a championship anytime soon. Like, you're playing for money, and that's okay because I go to work for money, you know, every single day. So I totally understand. But, like, you know, that that whole narrative, you got to stick around and try to win a championship. Um my team's probably not going to get there and I'm just going to stay stack enough money until I can leave. And then when I do, I'm going to go and enjoy the rest of my life. All right, let's take a break here. Coming up next, the Twitter world was generally supportive yesterday of the Andrew Luck decision, but a couple of big voices put their foot squarely in their mouth and got ratioed to Twitter hell for it. And it's, it's glorious. If you want to, if you actually look at the tweets, we'll get to those. And then 
playing a little Andrew Luck audio next as well, and some of your texts at the Better You Today text line of 55305. That's all next here on Football Sunday, but first, Jesse S. Sports Center. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, let's get to a couple of texts before we dive into the Twitter ratioing that happened last night. I think the only thing that goes against Luck's decision is the timing right before the season started, but I certainly hope he can regain his health. Yeah, I mean, Colts fans booed him yesterday. He was on the sideline of the preseason game when the news broke. I think it was probably before he told the team. He told the front office. Obviously, they, someone in the front office knew the news for it to break, but it was before he was able to address the team. But Colts fans booing him, to me, is I – get, I get that it's two weeks before the season, but really? You're going to boo this guy? I was so – I was really disappointed. I was really disappointed in the Colts. It was one of the – one of the – the more disappointing things I think that's happened in sports, you know, from the fans' perspective um, in a long time. Like uh, the Colts, we always kind of regard them as a classy franchise, even though Ursay is a weirdo and all type of stuff at points. Like the fans... Do you regard the Colts as a classy franchise? I have. I mean, I mean, I mean, maybe it was just Peyton. Maybe it's just the way they did stuff. But the Colts just, you know, kind of almost almost the way the Patriots did, just kind of put their put their hats on and just hard, hat, hard hats on and go to work. I wonder and, how much Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck did for the image of that franchise because there's been so much noise. I mean, obviously, Ursa has had a, a million problems yeah. himself with pills and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they had a GM. They had multiple GMs fired in the middle, and they were drafting wide receivers when they had nobody else on the offensive line. I mean, it was a really bad situation. Terrible. So I think the quarterbacks that they drafted, which uh, they lucked into. Which, uh, yeah, oh, nice one. I like that. But uh, they – they that saved face for that franchise. I think there was a lot more going they on. They did it twice. Yeah. They did it twice. You know, you got Peyton Manning for damn near 20 years and let him kind of be not just the face of your franchise, but the face of your league, you know, for a long time. And then let him break all the records. And then you see an Andrew Luck, like he's got some of that, but he might he's a nicer guy than Peyton. And so I don't understand how you can boo the guy that does nothing but he played through a lacerated kidney for you. He played through two broken ri- or two broken ribs and and torn cartilage, you know, at that point. You know, he's played through the, the bum shoulder and still came back and gave you uh, 39 touchdowns, which was, which was second in the NFL last year, only behind the MVP. Like, you booed him? That's what you do? Like, at this point, man, the the, the Colts are – I could care less about what they do. I'm, I'm hoping they go 0 for 16. Even then, they get the number one pick, so I hope they find some way to draft a, a, a defensive tackle who ends up retiring on them, you know, within the first two years. Because I thought that right right there last night, as the, if this really his last time walking off the field, um, that was terrible. And the Colts, mind you, while I think the organization historically has been, you know, a, a pretty classy organization, man, Jim Ursay has done nothing but they, they've, they've messed this up for Andrew Luck. That's the reason they're giving him that twelve point eight million. They're saying you can keep it because we we f this up for you, and they know it. The Twitter sphere was on the side of Andrews or of the booing Andrew Luck in some cases by the fans. Two pretty notable national writers, although two guys who generally are ragged on on Twitter, came out with a couple of tweets. I'm going to start with uh, probably my least favorite sports personality in all of sports, and that's Doug Gottlieb. I say least favorite because he's ripped on Syracuse's entire career, and I hate that. But uh, his tweet was, retiring because rehabbing is, quote, too hard is the most millennial thing ever, hashtag Andrew Luck. He um, got slaughtered for this tweet, absolutely slaughtered, including people bringing up the fact that he was arrested for credit card fraud in college, and they were saying stealing credit cards because working is, quote, too hard is the most Doug Gottlieb thing, which I thought was a fantastic response, by the way, from a lot of these people. But... That was one. And then Dan Dockich, who is in Indy, he is a big Indy sports figure. He does sports radio there beyond just doing the ESPN games for college basketball. He said this, Luck, hate to say I told you about Luck, but as all the local and national guys were making excuses for him, I told you this guy was not real. And then he goes on later and says, Luck has a freaking ankle and a freaking shoulder. Just tell us I made a ton of money and don't love the sport. Luck is full of ish and always has been. I What? And when I saw those tweets, I'm going, someone is making a good decision for their own life 
And because for some reason we think athletes have to play through all the pain and all the injuries and all that kind of stuff, people are going to go ahead and say that he's he's essentially he's soft. Yeah, he's soft. That's basically, that's what they're that, that, that's the base. That's basically. I was going to say he was wimping out. No, but that's, yeah, that, that's basically what they're trying to get at is that Andrew Luck doesn't have the heart to play football. But now, with that in mind, listen to this and tell me Andrew Luck doesn't have the heart to play the football. To play football. I'm going to retire. Uh, this is not an easy decision. Uh, honestly, it's the hardest decision of my life. Uh, but it is the right decision for me. Uh, for the last four years or so, I've been in this cycle of injury, pain, rehab, injury, injury pain, rehab. Uh, and it's been unceasing and relenting, unrelenting, both in season both in, and off season. Uh, and I felt stuck in it, and the only way I see out uh, is, is to, to no longer play football. Uh, it's, it's taken my joy of this game away, uh, and uh, this... Sorry. I've been stuck in this process. I haven't been able to live the life I want to live, taking the joy out of this game. And after 2016, where I played in pain and was unable to regularly practice, I made a vow to myself that I would not go down that path again. I find myself in a similar situation. And the only way forward for me is to remove myself from football in this cycle that I've been in, uh, com come to the proverbial fork in the road, uh, and and I, I made a vow to myself that if I ever did again, I would choose choose me in a sense. So he's breaking down in tears, announcing his retirement. He is describing the unending pain that he is in. He is basically saying, I made this vow to myself that if I ever had to deal with an injury like this again, I wouldn't do it. And he did it. He, he followed through that vow. He's saying, okay. It sounds like, honestly, I mean, that could be wrong. It sounds like he has a torn Achilles based on how he's saying he finds himself faced with that again, which would be another long rehab stint. So after hearing that, can you really tell me he's wimping out? Can you really tell me Andrew Luck is soft? No. Because to me, when I, when I watched that video and listened to that, I went, it totally makes sense. He's not soft. It's not a millennial thing to do. He's making a smart decision if, if, Somebody else in any other career but sports, and you were alluding to this last segment, said that the joy for my job is gone. It has been taken away from me, and I'm deciding to leave and do something else. That person would be applauded for making a decision that was right for them. Yet some people, because it's sports, because it's football, are ripping Andrew Luck for making that exact same decision. If Doug Gottlieb or Dan Dockage or whoever else is saying this, all of a sudden, because of whatever happened in their job, the joy was taken away from broadcasting for them, and they left, people would say, good on you for making that decision. But they're not giving that person the same benefit of the doubt in Andrew Luck. And that, to me, is absolutely ridiculous. No, it's, it's trying to be a hot take to make a hot take, and it's one of the stupidest ones I've heard in a long time. Well, that's, that, that's the thing. People are looking to get follows. They're looking to get retweets. You know, They want to make sure that their tweet is the one that when ESPN starts reading you know, all these things, or Fox, Fox Sports, or whomever, that theirs is on there. They want to make sure, especially Doug Gottlieb is the type of dude. He wants to be a cowherd, super, super bad. Unfortunately, he's just not as interesting. And he's just, you know, he has to put things like that out there all the time. So it's just, there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to have a lot of things to say. But then on the flip side, we say, well, mental health is so important. And we have to make sure that these guys are able to take care of themselves after football. Well, man, Andrew Luck knows that you guys don't care about us after football. That's just kind of what it is. And, if he if he got if he got hurt and you know something terrible happened to his knee or his back and he was forced to retire, what would the NFL do for for Andrew Luck? Man, absolutely nothing at that point. So yeah, man, I think he's well within his rights. He's played football for you. He's done his job. You can't say that he hasn't been effective or he hasn't done what he was supposed to do while he was on the field, can we? No. You see what happens when he's not there for you. And so yes, you let him keep that money. You say, we apologize for not putting an offensive line around you. 
I'm sorry for until not giving last you, year. until last year. I'm sorry for not giving you the 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 right personnel that you needed to be successful. I apologize for not giving you the defense that you need to be successful. All this is on me. So if please forgive me and take this twelve point eight million dollars. I think it's the right thing for the Colts to do. Uh, but for Andrew Luck, man, I'm just you, your heart goes out to him because you know he's he's been such a professional while he's on the field. He's been such a leader, and to play through certain things like there's people, man. People, the same people saying this stuff that he's soft are the same ones that don't go to work because they have a toothache. The same ones that don't go to work because, oh, my back is just hurting so bad today and stuff, so I'm just going to call out and I'm not going to go back or I'm going to take a week off for vacation just because I'm just tired of being at that place. Why wouldn't we be able to say that? Because he's a millionaire? Because he's made a lot of money? He's not able to walk away from something saying, man, I'm good and my body can't no, take it No, it's because it's football and it's because it's sports. We do not give athletes the same – the same respect, I guess, in that sense, as we do regular people. But that's what they are. They're just regular people who have a job. Football is a job for them, all of them. Some of them love it more than others. And if the joy is gone for Andrew Luck, then what is he? He's not going to be as good of a quarterback. He's not going to have the passion for it. A couple of more texts. Uh, I think that's what football is, and he didn't need football anymore. Guys that need it fight through all that. Guys that don't stop. Football hurts. I think that's part of it, but I don't know if you're giving – enough credit to Andrew Luck for making a smart decision for his career, right? I think guys who love it still sometimes feel trapped and, and want to stay in it when they're hurt over and over and over again because you get the people who rip you for leaving something that everyone else deems as the best job in the world, right? Or one of the be better jobs in the world because of the amount of money that you're making. But that I think that's my whole point here is everybody's a human being. Just because you have a certain job doesn't mean that you're not allowed to feel the same way that other people feel. Just because you have a certain job doesn't mean that people should look at you and say, you're not allowed to feel mad about your job because you just made $51 million, right? Obviously, you might not be able to empathize with that person because you don't have that same experience, right? Not many people do, but I mean, it's that's money, right? Money yeah. doesn't solve everything, and that mental stuff is still there for everybody. Uh, I just got a text from uh, my uh, my guy who's actually the De La Salle head coach, actually two-time uh, state championship, state champion repeating in basketball. Uh, we're ripping Andrew Luck because it's last minute. Anything in life that's done last minute will seem like you're giving up on your teammates and partners. And I think that's why it has a little bit to do why everybody booed him and they, they had such a problem with it, but you can't. I mean, I guarantee he found I, out he had a torn Achilles. Or but something. and for me, like you don't you don't retire like that unless you know that you're ready. Like I think retirement from football is one or from any sport is one of those things that you've been thinking about for a minute. You weren't just like, you know what, man, tomorrow I think it's going to be my last day. If you quit a job, something built up to the point that you quit. You don't just go in there one day and be like, you know what, I'm good. I'm 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 over working this working at this job. It was a small or was a gradual build up to that point. I think for Andrew Luck, through all the injuries, through all everything, through not having the right people out there on the field to win, to really willing yourself just being a great quarterback to the AFC championship, like I think at a point it's like, man, I can't. My body physically can't do this anymore. And I'm not mad at him. We did get this text as well. It said uh a national broadcast this morning was saying he's gonna come out of retirement next year. Just a hot take question mark. I feel like he's done done. Yeah, I mean I feel like that kind of a comment is entirely part of what I'm talking about if people don't expect these kind of players to just walk away from their job, right? Um, and we've also seen players come back. Like Ryan Khalil was the most recent one. He was for the Panthers, retired, came back for the Jets this year when they, when they came to, to sign him. Jason Witten. Jason Witten, exactly. Uh, got, some guys do miss the game, but I think for Andrew Luck it's different because it's the injuries, right? If, if Andrew Luck finds himself missing the game, he might want to come back and then realize, oh, yeah, that's right, I've been hurt 900 times. And don't want to deal with that. It's. A, I think this is a very different decision. I do. I do respect that people would be upset because of the timing of it. But you're right. This has been building. And is it better to leave now and give the team over to Jacoby Brissett before the season starts, or not play early in the season because you're dealing with whatever injury it is he's dealing with? Come back half-hearted because your your mind is out of the game. You don't play as well because of that. You're not as passionate about it anymore. And then to go back to Brissett because you get re-injured or something like that, it's much better to I think now, I know the timing is bad, but Brissett's team, go. Yeah, this right? isn't Vontae and Davis retiring at the Colts the, the half good. of the game. The Colts know? are good. Brissett is a lot worse than Andrew Luck, but the team is good. Go, Brissett. Figure it out now. You got the whole season, hopefully without an injury, and I think that's actually better. And truth is, I know we have to go. Jacoby Brissett, like, it's easy to kind of pile on him because you're right. He's not as good as Andrew Luck. 
But the one thing we know is that given a good personnel and given a good coach, Jacoby Brissett can be effective. He's won a game for the Patriots. He doesn't win that game for the Patriots. They don't get home field. They don't win the Super Bowl, you know, the year that Brady was suspended for the four games, you know. So that was important. You know, uh, Brissett played well when Andrew Luck wasn't there. He wasn't great. But I think with some time, he could be okay. So not Andrew Luck, of course, but I don't think all this lost immediately for the Colts. One final one that just came through. I think this is good. Ben Roethlisberger is giving himself an easier path to retire versus Luck since he's been pub- publicly floating it for the last few years. But the feelings probably come from the same place as Luck. It's different for Big Ben a little bit, too, because he's he's older and he's he's had a longer career. So it's we're at the time where most quarterbacks for him would be retiring, right? Older, dealt with a lot of injuries, stuff like that. But, yeah, the feelings are the same. He's just given multiple years of hints that he's going to retire so that when it happens, it's not going to be some shocking thing. All right, we got a break. Coming up next, let's do a little fantasy scramble. We had our draft this week at the Dirt and Sprague Fantasy Football Party, draft party, and most people have to draft within the next week or so before the NFL season starts. So any hints or anything like that that we want to give, we will share next here on Football Sunday on The Fan. This is what you get when you wait until the last minute. It's your pick. Fine, whatever. This guy. A kicker. I like kickers. Listen up, you fantasy coaches. Mike and Rashad are here to save your butt with some last-minute injury news and roster advice. The only reason my team finishes terrible as it is because everybody on the team was hurt. Literally every single player on my team was hurt. This is Fantasy Scramble, part of Football Sunday on 1080 The Fan. Ah, uh, it's good to hear that open again. And nope, I still didn't change Rashad's team being sucking and hurting in, in that open. Because it's I cool. Like, it's funny in there. It's cool. I lost that year, but guess what? I won the next year. I got second the year after that, but, you know, it's all good. We wound up getting separated. We were going to do the league together for the Last first time minute. In, in years. We wound up getting separated because of uh, a lot of extra people needed to be in a league, so Rashad got his own league this year. So so, so Sprague hits me like he's, he still have a, has a show going on on Friday. And or excuse me on on Monday, and so he hits me up like two thirty. It's like, hey, or, uh, we need you to do fantasy, and I was like, yeah, I'm already doing fantasy. I'm in the football Sunday league. It's like, yeah, we need you to do ours. And I was like, uh, okay, cool. So went over there, bunch of cool guys, you know that I, that were in my league and everything. So the first I did the Larry Bird came in. Which one of you guys is coming in second? <laughs> no, yeah, it worked out pretty well. Though. That's the that's the Rashad joke of the of choice for fantasy football. I feel like you did that last year too. Yes. <laughs> man, hey man, who's coming in second? Um. But, yeah, so we have two full leagues now that uh, that we will be partaking in throughout the season. So we'll keep you updated with that. Thanks to anybody who listens to this show who came out to the draft party this last Tuesday at Kingpins in Beaverton. It was a fun time. I actually made it there on time. I had to leave after primetime, and my draft was 30 minutes late because of it. But I got there within, I think, 14 minutes. It took me to get from the station to Beaverton. That's not bad. <laughs> well, no, I was flying. I, I wanted yeah. to get there on time and make sure that I had time to start the draft. And we had a, a decent amount of people come out for the draft as well, so uh, in, in our league, so thank you. But I wanted to go through this, and Jesse, obviously feel free to jump in uh, wherever you feel intrigued to do so. But uh, now that a lot of people have gone through their drafts, but yet there are still drafts coming up this week or a week and a half before the NFL season starts, I wanted to know if uh, you guys had any hot tips after your draft of where guys went or, or you know, players to pick or positions to to skip or wait on. And uh, what you kind of experienced when you draft this week. You got any hot tips? Uh, what was the question? Wait, yes. Uh, Do you have any hot, hot tips? tips? Stay away from anything in uh, Arizona <laughs> for the most part. Uh, if, if you didn't watch Kyler Murray, who I think at a point will be a very good NFL player. But uh, if you didn't watch him, that line gives him no chance to do anything. So with that, David Johnson, if you plan, if you plan on taking him or if you took him, I would think two and three times about that. The one thing I always do is always. That is a good point, by the way. Yeah. I went into the draft like, oh, you know, Kyler Murray could be a good pick or David Johnson. And then I was reading the stats of the the Cardinals preseason games and I went, oh. Yeah. And then you got Cliff Kingsbury, who doesn't appear ready to be an NFL head coach running that. He wasn't ready to be a college coach. Right. So it is, uh, that is a situation that maybe we'll be wrong about that, but at least on paper right now, it looks like avoid at all costs. David Johnson, Kyler Murray. In my opinion, Larry Fitzgerald, any Cardinal. I agree with yeah. that 100%. So uh, the one thing I always kind of say is I, I take a good look at uh, changes to teams, you know, quarterbacks and offensive lines and new coaches. Uh, I think all of a sudden somebody like Jameis Winston 
could be a, a a valuable spot, a valuable person in fantasy football with Bruce Arians being his court, being his coach all of a sudden. I'm I'm grabbing every piece of Tampa Bay offense that I can possibly get my Absolutely, hands on. Absolutely, man. I'm like eyeing Godwin, I'm eyeing Evans, I'm eyeing Winston. Winston's so easy to get, and honestly, I think has a very easy path to a, a top five finish. You look, you, if you look at his strength of schedule, it's it's one of the top five easiest schedules. Um, in the league for quarterback, you paired him with Bruce Arians. Sure, he throws interceptions, but that's not as big of a deal in fantasy when he's throwing for 4,500 yards and he's still going to probably reach 30, 35 touchdowns. Um, I love Winston when you can get him basically with your last pick in the draft. Um, And then uh, Ronald Jones, I think he has a chance to take that backfield. Obviously, Peyton Barber, very uninspiring runner. Um, they took Jones in the second round last year out of USC and was uninspiring himself, but he definitely has the most upside and he's a guy you can get with some great upside late in your draft as well. Uh, the other thing I was thinking of too, and this is, this is my strategy. You don't obviously do not need to follow it if you don't need to, and it's very different depending on the type of draft you're in. But, uh, if the value is there with the pick, I think you should try to get one of the top three tight ends because the ones below the top three tight ends are, are so, so much worse points-wise, in my opinion, than those guys. I wound up taking George Kittle in, I think, the fourth round, which I think was pretty decent value for him. And uh, the other, Ertz and um, Kelsey had already been taken. So it was that or, you know, wait and pray that Ingram or Ebron or whoever would would have a better year than you expected them to. So that's one thing that I'm looking at this year, and I did it last year, and it helped me out a lot was I drafted Zach Ertz, is the top three tight ends are that much better. Yes. And you'd, it's tough, in my opinion, to get stuck in the, the muck with everybody else, and that's why I like to take and him. I, not, not early, early, but if you get good value for the pick, take him. And I think the, the thing is we know that running backs and receivers can equate to a lot of points. You know, really, unless your quarterback. PPR. Absolutely. And really, unless your quarterback is – uh, really dependent on his tight end is kind of being that security blanket. They can it can be kind of tough because we, you see a lot of tight ends make plays, but usually they make one or two plays a game. They're not making, you know, the outside of the you know historically the the Gronkowski's and Travis Kelsey's and uh, and Tony Tony uh, Tony Tony Gonzalez's of the of the world. Like you know, something you got to go out there and get those guys relatively fast. Like I always think a tight end should be probably like a fourth round pick because again. This might be four really, really good ones, and then everyone else. Like I had to, I had to go with uh, Eric Ebron last year. Was out pretty no, well. Not Eric Ebron. Ebron, excuse me. Um, oh. from 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 New York. I did have Ebron. Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram. Thank you. And so, uh, he did okay. He was yeah, exactly. He was just okay. Maybe four or five points a game, you know, for me or whatever the case is. So yes, tight end because there's so few really, really great ones in the league. Like I say, go out and get one of those. Not as soon as you can, but. I wouldn't let them. I wouldn't get into the fourth and fifth round without going to get like those guys because everybody else is going to be there. I've been I've been passing on the top three tight ends and been kind of eyeing that Hunter Henry, OJ Howard personally. OJ Howard over Hunter Henry. I think he has Your a little bit. Your love of Tampa Bay continues. Like I said, back to the the Tampa Bay. I, I um the Bruce Arians effect in fantasy is real, um, and we've seen it from OJ Howard in his first couple of years. He's he, when he's a guy. His average depth of targets, like top five, top two all time at the position. You're, you're looking at a guy that's a big time playmaker and even missing a third of the season last year, um, depending on what, what format you're looking at, was still a top 11 tight end. Missed a third of the season and you're getting him in probably about the fifth, sixth round. I think he's got a lot of upside. Hunter Henry's got a lot of upside. And if you miss out on those guys, uh, I, I think under the radar, Delaney Walker, he's back. Obviously, Marcus Mariota's favorite target. Um, obviously, risk with injury in the old age, but that's kind of baked into his value because he's going in um, almost the teens, basically. I almost feel like Greg Olson could be similar in that sense. Because, exactly. Yes, he's been battling injuries, but he's the safety net of Cam Newton and gets thrown the ball. Right, right. And it, s- try to stay, I mean, for me, and with that, man, I think a lot of times we go for the name a name that we recognize. You know, we don't know if Jason Witten is going to be that guy, but I think somebody in our draft picked him up because historically he's been a great tight end. But Jason Witten's also somebody who hasn't played in a year. I had to draft Kyle Rudolph. Like, and Kyle Rudolph has been, there's, he can be great, and then there's some games where he won't show up at all. So it's just kind of one of those things. I would be very, very, like, 
think a lot before you just draft a name because a lot of times you just you've done nothing but draft somebody who was really good three years ago. Two quick thoughts. We got to wrap it up. Two quick thoughts before we go. If you're seeing a lot of buzz from people on social media about a certain player fantasy wise, take a flyer on that guy. I've heard nothing but good things about Kiki QT, the, the Texans wide receiver on social media this offseason about how they're trying to get him going to get him more targets. They want him to play a Julian Edelman role. They want him to touch the ball 10 times a game. I drafted him later in the draft because why not? He's not one of my starting wide receivers right away. I've got, you know, a really good wide receiver core. But if he if he turns out to be really good, he's a flex or a fill in wide receiver. I've heard a lot about Kalen Balaj, the Dolphins running back uh, who might even just wind up being the starter. I've heard a lot of noise about him. Took a flyer on him late in the draft because those are guys that not everybody who plays fantasy knows because they're names who are newer, right? That are, you know, first, second year guys. But if, you've, if you're keeping an ear to the social media kind of side of things, that's what you do. And then the other thing, too, is don't be a slave to the ESPN or Yahoo draft list. Don't feel like you have to stay near the top of that. Right. If there's a player that you like that you think is going to do well, draft him. For me, that, that example in this past draft was Chris Thompson, the running back for the Redskins. He, in a PPR league, has always been dynamite. But he was projected to get like 30 points for Washington. And he's one of my last picks, but assuming he is able to catch a ton of passes again this year, that's a great late draft pick. So just keep an eye for those kind of guys that you've seen before who have had successful seasons who for some reason are really, really low on the draft. Well, and, and, and with that, uh, just kind of piggyback on that, it, looking for the old guys, the, the old veterans that's basically on their way out. They got the starting job maybe to start the season, but you're, you're looking down the line and, oh, wait a minute, maybe LaShawn McCoy isn't going to be the starter week three, week four, week five. Devin Frank Singletary. Frank steal it from him. No, Frank Gore. See, that's like, <laughs> once again, so you got a guy in Devin Singletary behind him. And same thing, Miles Sanders in um, Philadelphia. That's a really convoluted backfield, but there's a guy right there who has the ability to be an all-purpose back, and they've been looking for that. So that that you want to look for the guy that's like, oh, man, he's the starter now. Like, honestly, the, the guy before he tore his ACL also was kind of Lamar Miller with Duke Johnson coming in. Now that's kind of out of the way, and somebody, people that have already drafted, probably got Duke Johnson at really good value. Oh, yeah, for sure. Let's break. Coming up next hour, we do have Hater Love It coming up at 1030, but I want to start with the college football games that actually happened yesterday. And the big one, in my opinion, not the biggest of the day, but the biggest here on the West Coast is uh, showing some warning signs for Oregon State. So we'll get to that next here on Football Sunday on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.